Welcome to our podcast, Hey David, where Grandpa Rod talks about life and attitudes, hope and success. Each week, he raises a new topic for David to consider. We hope it speaks to you too. We also hope you'll invite your friends to listen and that you'll share your comments with us. Here is Rod with today's topic. Hi, I'm Rod MacArthur, David's grandpa and narrator of the Hey David podcasts. Thanks for listening. I want David to have the best grandfatherly counsel I can give. It could be that you'll gain some light pointers too. Welcome. Today, I'm going to talk with David and answer a burning question. Why should he listen to me? I can give at least five good reasons. Are they good? You listen and decide. Hey, David, it's Grandpa. First of all, Happy New Year. I hope this year closes in 12 months with many positive advances in your life. You probably hear that every year. Also, welcome to Season 2 of Face Life's Chaos. Here at the onset of Season 2, one might wonder why you or anyone your age should listen to this podcast. Why should anybody grant any weight to my comments? That's a fair question, and one I want to answer for you in the next few minutes. Speaking of listening, I once heard a man say to his wife, Speak to the hand. The head ain't listening. Does it surprise you that they're no longer married? It seems to me listening is a key ingredient to healthy relationships and a well-spent life. The word listen can be anagrammed in a couple pertinent ways. Take, for example, the word silent. It's an anagram of listen. How important is it for good listening that you'd not simply my lips, but also for my mind to be silent so that I can hear what's actually being said? Or what about this one? Enlist. It's also an anagram of listen. Listening carefully will enlist your participation in what's being said. So, there you have three variants. Silent, listen, and enlist. They should always be in that order, too. I'm still thinking about answers to that burning question. Why should I listen to you, Gramps? Here are five good ones. One for each finger on your right hand. Or your left, if you're left-handed. First, I love you and only want what's best for you. Nobody lives a life in complete isolation. The impact my choices had on my parents became obvious. Sometimes they got angry with me. Sometimes they were deeply concerned, etching lines of concern on their faces. Sometimes they were very proud of me. One of the most rewarding moments in my life was to hear my mother, toward the end of her life, say she was proud of me. All of this to say that my choices have an impact on the people I love, and so do yours. I have enjoyed watching the various stages of your life. I really loved watching you play your role in the school's production of Beauty and the Beast. I was also proud of your decision to join AmeriCorps and follow through on that decision. What I'm saying, David, is this. I have an emotional investment in your life, and there's nothing you can do to change that. It's there to stay. So, 
When I share advice with you, it comes from a place of deep care and emotional investment. You must know that everything I suggest, recommend, endorse, or even seem passionate about are things I believe will help you. I would never do or say anything to harm you. My love for you only wants what's best. I hope that comes across in these messages. I also hope that everyone who listens to this will realize I have nothing but love and desire for your good behind these messages. You can trust that. Number two, I raised your father. He turned out okay. After a bumpy start, which is quite common with young people as they try to find their career path, your father has earned a place of respect, responsibility, and stability in his current job. He has raised three delightful children, whom I love being with, and he even has a side hustle that is developing quite nicely, his book writing career. I don't take credit for that. That's what he's done. But I was a guiding force as he was developing his attitudes of respect, a good work ethic, and the wisdom to make good choices. I did have a hand in helping him develop those skills. Well, Grandma did too. You have lived with him for most of your life. You know what a quality person your father is. I did not guide him wrong. I let him use his direction in choosing his path. He chose a good one. If I didn't mess up life for your father, I'm certainly not going to mess it up for you. My acquired wisdom has only increased since I was your father's guide. There's value in what I offer. Number three. I have lived through a lot of life. There ain't no situation you'll be in that I haven't experienced or seen. Do you know what your grandma and I did the first time we went to Hawaii together? We went to Maui. So we bought a book about exploring Maui. It was written by someone who had already explored the island and could guide us to places of interest as well as places to avoid. We found places of deep interest that could easily have been overlooked as we had no experience on that island. Do you remember when your dad and your brother and your sister and I went out to the east coast of Maui together? Linda and I discovered that on our first trip. Doing some quick math, you probably realize that I am 51 years older than you are. So what, you might say. Here's what. It's like the book on Maui. There are a lot of places I've seen, people I've interacted with, and choices I've made that still lie ahead for you. I've already been there. I know where many pitfalls are. I also know where the ladders and doors to success are. In short, David, I'm not just older than you. I've had a deeper life experience than you. A friend of mine once said, back before your father was born, even a fool might learn from his mistakes, but a wise man will learn from the mistakes of others. That can actually be expanded to include successes as well. It's a choice whether to place any value on my experience or not, but if you do, you'll have eyes and wisdom beyond your years. Number four, I read the Bible every day. 
In it, I find answers to sticky questions, to relationship issues, to life choices, and so forth. Most people are wrong. The Bible is not a book of do's and don'ts. The Bible, in short, is the Creator's Guide to Successful Living. My car has an owner's manual. I refer to it whenever I have issues with the car. The check engine light comes on, the coolant level light comes on, the underinflated tire light comes on, or any other issue with the vehicle. I can look into the user's manual and know what the issue is and how to resolve it. If the maker of an inanimate object, a car, can do that, shouldn't we expect that the creator of the very complex and infinitely intricate human being, body, mind, and psyche, be able to tell us how to identify and fix issues? Wouldn't he be able to guide us along the path of success? My friend Greg rose quickly to top-level management in a big-box chain, where he remained for the majority of his career until he retired. When he retired, he was known as the legend. He was their go-to guy. Whenever headquarters needed someone to guide a store out of trouble, he was the guy. Why was Greg so successful? Here's what he told me. His rise in retail paralleled his growing knowledge of the mind of his creator. He is an avid Bible reader. He learned how to treat people right and how to do the right thing. I read the Bible. I've been reading it for years. I'm growing more and more familiar with the thinking of our Creator. This allows me to see and identify pitfalls, snares, temptations, and any such thing that can and will harm you. I've also been able to identify many of the attitudes and responses to people issues that bring about success, relationship enhancement, or any of those things that make life better. Let my eyes be a second pair of lookers as you choose your path through life. Number five, if two minds are better than one, then listening to a second mind equips you to make better decisions. A man visits his friend one evening. He notices that his friend is out at the corner of the street under the street lamp looking for something in the dark. As he walks up to his friend, he says, What are you looking for? His friend responds, I lost my lucky silver dollar and I'm looking for it. Can you help me? So the two of them spend about 20 minutes looking in the lawn at the corner of the street by the curb, but they don't find it. So the man said, Tell me again, where did you lose it? The friend said, Down the street about 50 feet. The man responded, Then why are we looking here for it? The friend said, because the light is so much better here. The friend had at least one thing right. He enlisted help in looking for what he wanted to find. The old adage is true. Four eyes are better than two. That's the point of this point. I already know what I accept is true. I don't need anybody to tell me what I already know. But knowing what I know may blind me to what I haven't seen because I haven't looked. If someone comes along and looks in a place where I haven't and sees something I haven't seen, that could help me choose my path. Or, in this case, it might help me find my silver dollar. Have you ever had someone suggest something that you turned down? That's the prerogative we each have. The final decision comes to me for me, but it's yours for you. Still, having multiple options from which to choose 
is better than having a single option, especially if that option has blinders on. You don't need to accept every piece of advice you receive, but if you don't listen, you won't have the choice to accept or reject. Listening is good, even the gramps. It helps you choose more effectively. Now remember these five points. First, I love you and only want what's best for you. Second, I raised your father and he turned out okay. Third, I've lived through a lot of life. There ain't no situation you'll be in that I haven't experienced or seen. Fourth, I read the Bible every day. In it, I find answers to ticky questions, to relationship issues, to life choices, and so forth. And finally, if two minds are better than one, then listening to a second mind equips you to make better decisions. I think, David, that you'll find in these five reasons a reason to listen to this podcast. I love you, David. Thanks for listening. If you've got something worth holding on to from this blurb, come back next Monday. Next week, I talk with David about an unspoken reality. We're all going to die. The only question is, how does that impact my living choices today? See you next week. Thank you for listening to Hey David. If you have thoughts, comments, or questions, please send them to rod underscore MacArthur at comcast.net. Rod will get back to you. Also, check out the church's website, www.churchofauburnwa.com. You'll discover a ton of information. You may especially enjoy the page Blurbs from Rod. Until Until next next Monday, Monday, have have a joy-filled week. week.